This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. How are you doing? Well, you know what? I'm good. I'm just really working on you know, how to get in touch with what I really want in life. Wow. Which in this moment isn't necessarily recording. Right, same. It's a rainy Monday. Right. But I do have a nice cup of tea. Oh, you d- I feel like cup- a cup of a cup of tea is a really <laughs> good thing to drink. On a rainy day. On a rainy Monday, right? It really is. You are my cup of tea. Wow, that was really cute. And, it's, and it feels like it should be on a really ugly mug at Home Goods. <laughs> I'll make you one. I am going to make you one. I'm going to get on Etsy and it's going to say, actually, I probably won't have to. You're right. It's probably at Home Goods right now. <laughs> it's Except it's 100%. probably Halloween themed. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely Halloween themed. Wait, can I ask you a question before we start? What's Millie going to be for Halloween? Oh, that, yes. What's Millie going to be for Halloween? Are you, are you asking me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my first. That wasn't my question, but that's my first question. Uh-huh. She, okay, it's been a vampire bat for the past few months. Now she's saying she wants to be a monarch butterfly because they studied monarch butterflies at school. Wow. And so I'm sure probably the day of she'll just wear her pajamas. Yeah, like yeah. Like we did okay. last year and we that's don't I love fucking that. care. <laughs> I love that. Okay, my other question was, are you someone who seasonally decorates your house? Okay, we've had this conversation. I'll tell you what I did this year. 
Um, we, we have a frame TV. And so all I do is I buy for 50 cents a picture off Etsy. Wow. Um, and so right now it is a picture of a bunch of pumpkins on my TV. Wow. <laughs> and so that that's makes it a seasonal, lot easier. That's my seasonal decoration. We I do. We that. do decorate the outside of our house. You like, do. What's, mm-hmm. what's out You know there? we do. Oh, right now there are. Um, so we have light up witches hats around the front door. Cool. Like the floating ones. Uh, exactly. And they, they uh, have like like lights in them. And then we have light up bats and light up uh, like little skeletons outside. Millie's very into Halloween. So we don't do the inside of the house, but we do the outside. And, wow. and you know, at Christmas, we have two big light up Old English sheepdogs. Oh, I love those. I did know that. You did know that. that. So, so that's much. what we have yeah. in our house. Yeah. Wow. You, wow. I'm, you don't do anything because you definitely don't decorate your house. No chance. <laughs> Too much work. <laughs> Do you even own a single seasonal decoration? Yes. I have a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Oh, those are really cute. So it's like Why do you thing. have that? Great question. I don't know. Because I keep saying, listen, I never grew up with a Christmas tree. It yeah, seems you're like hyped. a really cool thing to have. You know, there's presents underneath it. And so I just wanted to, wanted a Christmas tree. And that's the one I got. Bill does not want to have an actual Christmas tree. No, he loves being clean and he's worried about all the pine needles. But you know, nobody actually like, has a real tree. Like everyone has fake I know. ones, right? I know. I don't I know. I mean, that might you know. not be true, but a lot of people have fake ones. Right, right. So if I were to get you have in a touch cat. with... Exactly. If I were to get in touch with what I wanted, whoa. Is that a Christmas tree? <laughs> it would be. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's too much work. Once again, I like to make things as easy as possible on myself. Why add more work? Maybe one year, though. You could just do it one year and see how you like it. I like that. Because sometimes getting in touch with what you really want, you have to experiment on some different things. You do. Do you, you think people to... are realizing the theme of the episode yet? Are we I'm dropping sure. enough hints? I don't know. We're dropping so many <laughs> hints. But yeah, okay. So I love what you said there is that sometimes you have to experience what you don't want in order to know what, what you, you do. want. Yeah. Wow. Now, this has become difficult because, you know, somebody's listening is still like, well, what about if it's kids? You don't get to return those. And we're going to get to that because that's the number one thing somebody always has to say is, well, what do I do if I regret the kids that I wasn't sure about. We'll get to that later. But let's jump into it. Let's talk about how to know and get in touch with what you really, really want out of life. Wow. Let's do it. Okay. So let's start out a little bit talking about nobody actually knows. And part of this reason is because we are so fucking clouded with everyone else's opinion and life. And one of the best hacks to calm all that is to take a break from social media. Oof, great, yes. And other people's life and opinions. Yeah. Because it's really hard to see yourself separate than what everyone else is doing and what everyone else feels like you should be doing um, and to sort of choose counterculture in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's scary too, right? Like it's scary to do something different or to want something different than everyone else wants. And, you know, I think sometimes we're like, I think that I want that because everyone else wants that. So I must, right? I must. And I think there's a kind of a survival piece of like, we want to be included. We want to be part of the group. And there's a fear around, well, if I don't want the same things as other people, am I going to be ostracized? You know, are people still going to want to be around me? Are they going to want to spend time with me? So I think that that can can happen. 
And that can happen. Absolutely. There can be right separation when you want something different than what other people want. And so I think just to acknowledge that, that, you know, it is difficult to figure out what we want because of the weight of other people's wants and expectations. Mm -hmm. And so that can be really hard. Another thing I wanted to say is that sometimes what we want now is different than what we used to want. And so... Okay, 10 years ago, what did you want? 10 years ago. Okay, 10 years ago, I wanted a job. I probably wanted a job. I was actually looking at a picture of SM from right... I think we were graduating grad school and we were eating a burger. And for some reason, my caption was, does anyone want to hire us? I know exactly what photo you're talking about because I have no eyebrows in that picture. Yeah. (laughs) That picture haunts you. It was before we knew about eyebrows, guys. (laughs) Before we knew about eyebrows and before we started our practice, clearly. (laughs) Okay. You totally wanted a job because I tried to get you to start a practice with me. And you said, I just really don't know if I want that. I didn't know what I wanted. Sometimes you have to get a friend convinced (laughs) to push you. To push you out of your comfort zone. Uh, but I, but we don't know. Here's the thing. You don't get to know the avenues you didn't go down. Yeah. Is there a chance you took a job and you liked it and you stayed in it and you had less stress and you just worked a normal nine to five and had a salary? No, you, you're grinning, but I don't know. Maybe you would have. No. No. You don't think? You think do you think you would have ended up here no matter what? Yes. I say that because, I mean, we were just talking about this, M. Like, how intense am I about like getting shit done okay Jen so we've been working really hard on a new location my back got fucked up I got colitis from it Jen's neck got fucked up and we're just sitting on on the ground just building furniture normal people would maybe hire someone to do this not I apparently Um, not us (laughs) I said to Jen yesterday I said listen I'm gonna be in the office all day Thursday you and I can build shit all day please let your neck rest I like could not move my neck yesterday. I said, please don't do anything. Take care of your body. I built a couch. You got on this call and you said, I built a couch. I said, what the fuck is wrong with you? She was so mad. I said, I said, but what you really wanted was to build that. (laughs) I really, because I knew. I just want you to take care of yourself. No, that's how I felt when you were sick and you still went to Target and you still, right? So don't copy off of us. If you are, do not, do not listen to what we're saying. But here's the thing, like, so what I think at the time, though, let's talk about that. What you really wanted, you were so worried about money when we graduated. I wanted wanted stability. You wanted stability. I really wanted stability after not having it, after I graduated undergrad, after going to New York and not having stability there. I really wanted to, after grad school, to have something that made me feel really stable and secure and set up. And don't forget, we had part-time jobs when we did it, everyone. But I guess it also brings up that sometimes the right decision and the smart decision are not the same. Right. And so there are times when we have to make a decision because it's the smart decision that helps us pay off student loans and pay the bills and eat, pay the mortgage. And that doesn't mean it's the wrong decision, but it might mean that you're not, it's not really what you want. And sometimes we have to go down an avenue, at least for a while, about what's the smart thing, not what's like my desire, right? Because like what I really want is to live in the trees and the forest and not work. And that's just not going to (laughs) happen. Right now in my life. Right, right. But one day you will live in the trees in the forest. Yeah. And you can have a like what I really want and know that like that's not right now. There's such a sense of urgency we feel yes. to be there already. And I think I think with certain things, 
there is a, a level of urgency, right? Like there is more of a push on it. And so I think that might be a question to ask yourself is like, do I have time to make this decision? If I make a decision that isn't right for me, am I going to be able to change it? Right. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah. You know, what will happen if I change it? What what uh, kind of sacrifices am I going to have to make? You know, because I think at the time when I really wanted stability, that was, you know, what I felt I needed in that moment, but wouldn't necessarily have been a good decision for who I'm who I am as a person. Yeah. And we and you found another way to do it. I mean, we just worked other jobs while yeah. also doing this. Right. Right. So like sometimes something starts as like a side hustle. Yeah. Before it's able to like really take care of you. And like there's no yeah. wrong way of doing this. Other people are everyone has like different amounts of financial privilege that they're able to make a decision like that. Yes. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Mm -hmm. 
somebody asked a really good question that I want to bring up of the difference between compromising versus people pleasing. And so I, I'm wondering if they're talking about in relationships, it sounds like. That's where my mind, that my mind went right to relationships. Right, relationships, right. So like we got a lot of questions about like the right person to marry or to, do I want a child or blah, 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 blah. You know, any of these things, these like huge major life decisions. And here's what I think. People pleasing will feel good and high at the moment, at the beginning, because you get a high from the fawn. Compromising often doesn't. But compromising is about us. People pleasing is about you. I have an addition to that. (laughs) People pleasing is more of a reaction, Mm. right, to I... I want connection. I don't want to be abandoned. I want, you know, like more of a reaction to anxiety where compromise, I think, is more you sit with it. You take time with it. You talk about it. There's communication around it. Mm -hmm. So I would say people pleasing is more of a reaction and compromise is more of a response to Mm -hmm. a challenge. All right. So so what we have here now is compromising is about us. It's about intentional. It is about long term and it's in a very conscious way. Right. People pleasing um, is about initial high. It's reactionary. It's emotionally based. Yeah. And I think the thing the thing that they both have in common is that we might be right. We're doing something for another person or we're thinking about another person in a decision. And that's something that I think we're going to get into a lot in terms of figuring out what we want when we have the weight of other people's thoughts, opinions, feelings around us. Mm-hmm. That is what makes it more difficult. And so the thread of it is thinking about what someone else wants and how that affects our decisions. Mm. Okay, so let's jump into this other question that I think is interesting yeah. for that then too. And let's start going to like how this sort of applies. How to tell what you want in a relationship when you've always jumped from one long term to the next. Mm. So this goes back to initially what we said is like, what didn't work before? The coolest thing about starting new chapters of your life is we get to take what works and leave the rest. That includes going from your family of origin to your adulthood of like, here are these things that really like I vibed with and that worked from this chapter before. And here are some things that like I didn't and like we don't need to sit here and hate people and villainize them and, and make it black and white around it. But like, what do I want to take? What do I want to leave? And listen, I'll say this, like, I feel like it is so, I'm sure somebody could probably speak in a better way to this about that it's misogynistic about like how we hate people that go into long, that jump into long-term relationships, right? Like, because it's always, it's always about women. It's always that they're serial daters, which is like has a negative connotation on itself, right? Like, it's got to be a very misogynistic term. I would imagine mm-hmm. we're misogyny there. So you go, so you like relationships. Like, that's like truly not the worst thing in the world. Human Mm -hmm. beings are supposed to be in relationships. Like, why is that so bad? So, but instead, let's be intentional about the next step. Because you could have someone who takes years off in between dating people and doesn't do any fucking work about it. I think the, the piece of, I'm going back into kind of similarly what I said last time is that just what you said, Em, be intentional about the relationships that you're getting into to say, you know, I'm getting into this relationship because I like this person. I like the qualities that they have. I like how we they meld together. We share similar values as opposed to I'm getting into a relationship to fill something that I, you know, that feels empty within me. And so 
that it more ends up being an additive to your life as opposed to like a distraction from something that you're struggling with. And that doesn't mean, you know, I know there's there's a lot of talk around what people say around like, you have to love yourself before anyone else can love you. I don't think that's true. I think we can struggle with ourselves in a relationship. But I would say just to be intentional about your decisions, to ask yourself the questions around, why am I getting into this relationship? You know, like, what are the reasons that I'm, even if they're back to back, even if you're a serial dater, what are the reasons why I'm getting, is this something I really want? Is this something I, you know, that adds to my life that makes me feel good? There's a really great line that if relationships can hurt us, relationships can heal us. And I like love that because, right, I believe it's just like a relational way of looking at things that like you do not have to love yourself unconditionally or be fully healed to be. I don't know who started saying that. I don't know where that came from. But what it is, is to say like, no, like you can fucking be like broken as shit and working on shit and like in any situation in life. That is truly living. You make it work. Absolutely. You make it work. But I think that for you to think about in your past relationship, what are the things that really worked for me? What are the things that didn't work for me? Even if you're thinking about what are what are the ways in which I reacted to things that I want to change, right? How do I want to handle that differently? What do I want to do differently? And to be able to communicate that in your relationship, I think in a similar way, to be able to respond as opposed to react based on past relationships that you've been in. And to be able to have that conversation in order to build your relationship to make it as healthy as possible. I like really what you're talking about, though, about like the consciousness of like checking in with yourself, right? Like when we're really talking about the concept of like how to get to know and get in touch with what you really want. Part of that is like actually talking to yourself and checking in. Like And like so as therapists, we love big feelings, right? Like I'll like fucking pull out my feelings chart and talk about it. But like on a base level, like it's actually fine for you to say good or bad. Right. This feels good. This feels bad. I don't need someone to have every vocabulary in the world to identify. But most people can say this feels good or this doesn't feel good. And that is your first indicator. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody asked a really important question that I want to loop in here to go in a longer way, which is that do you think that everyone can love their job? I feel like jobs are supposed to suck. Okay, here's the reality of it. Not everyone's going to love their job. Sometimes job is a paycheck. You do not have to love what you do. But if it's killing you, if it is sucking your soul dry, then that doesn't work. Some people, a job, literally it's nine to five, it's a paycheck, and they don't give a shit. And that's fucking awesome for them. Yes. And that also means it's not causing harm to them. So there's a difference of like, I don't like, and the other thing is like, a lot of people like don't get their passion out of their work. Like, we're really, like, we are very, very lucky. We love what we do. It fills us. We vibe with it. But there's a lot of people that like they just won't have that. And they have other amazing things in their life that really set their souls on fire. Yeah. But yes, you're never going to fully love your job. There's always aspects of a job that suck. But is the job harming you? Is the environment harming you? Is the culture harming you? Those are important to know. So maybe leaving is not about like because you know you want something else, but you know this doesn't work here. Yeah. For a lot of us, We don't know what we want for decades into our life. This idea that we're like in our like 20s and we know we're like going to love so much. Like I, I, that's not the norm. But you would think it is based on Instagram. You would. And I think that just to normalize the, the idea that we go into a job and we might be in it for a while, really trying to figure out what feels right for me. I like aspects of this job. I don't like aspects of the job. But you might get to a point where... The aspects that you did like 
you no longer like, it's no longer serving you, and that it is, you know, just to normalize making a career change in the middle of your life, right? To be able to say like, well, maybe I want to try something different. Of course, there are different aspects that might lead into this. Or if your life has changed, right? Like if you start having kids and that the way your nine to five no longer works in the way that it was once working, that you may have wanted something that you no longer want because it no longer fits with your lifestyle. And so I think just to normalize that, because I think in the generation before us, there was a lot of you get into a job and you stay in it for the rest of your life. I mean, both my in-laws, I'm pretty sure they have the same. I have to ask my husband this, but I, I'm pretty sure both my in-laws were the same job from like 18 to retirement. Yeah. There was a really good article, I think, in the New York Times about this, that like it used to be right like a generation ago, jobs were like family. You stuck with one for life. And now jobs are like sports teams where you like based on how you're performing is where you go. Yeah. Or when you're a free agent. Yes. It's just seen differently. And to expect yourself to be in the same place. You know, I know that you like move up in a job, like in the same job consistently, but like to expect yourself to be in the same place emotionally that you were when you were 18, right? Or like the same place family wise that you were when you were 18. Like it, it, you know, it happens sometimes where you're like, yeah, I still love what I do. You know, from when I was 18, I knew what I wanted to do. And it's taken me to this point. I still love it. I'm still doing it. But we change over time, right? Mm-hmm. And our circumstances change over time. And so it is okay for for your wants to also change over time and your wants in a job to change over time. And so what does that look like for you? really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash chicks. 
I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Here's an interesting question. Let's loop into when to know if it's worth putting the time in or if it's time to quit. I think that can be about anything in life, right? Yeah. The thing is, you're never going to know for sure. But part of it is if you really, really work on your relationship with yourself, what's the voice you're hushing down? If I have a nagging voice that keeps returning, is there some importance of me listening to it? And like, let's even talk about like, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about friendships for a moment. Yeah. yeah. We hear this a lot with friendships. Well, they're going through something, but they don't always meet my knee, right? Like all this stuff, like maybe I should just like end the friendship. Is there a way to not like go to like full total cutoff? With a job, sometimes that's not possible, but sometimes it is. Sometimes it's possible to just do contractor work or um, to do part-time. Sometimes in a, in a friendship, it's like, okay, I'm going to take a tiny bit of step back. Then we'll see how this goes. I'm going to set this boundary here. And so it one, what's the nuanced way of looking at this? A little bit more complexity. And two, you're never going to fully know because we don't have special glasses that give us the future. Although how sick would that be? Oh, that would be great. But also like kind of difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be really scary. Right? Um, right. So like there's I don't know if you're ever going to know, but I think that there's going to be something to say. Like I'm going to do this shit scared anyway. So I'm going to be scared shitless and still rock with this and and still like I have to just make a jump because if I do this any longer, it's going to harm me. Yeah. Like when, when to know, I'm just reading the question of when to know if it's worth putting the time in. I wonder if that's talking about putting the time into like working on something that's challenging, right? Working on something that isn't working. <laughs> like when you, okay, Jen, like when you got into macrame, <laughs> remember when you were really into macrame for two weeks? Yeah, for like a second. Yep. And you were great yeah. for those two weeks, babe. You were amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. right. So it's challenging. So the question is, do you start a new activity? Or do you say, I'm going to hands down and I'm going to go get a macrame teacher and I'm going to try to learn more? Yeah. So, okay. I can tell you specifically for my macrame experience. <laughs> I'm just I, trying to use a not example. No, that's not really a relationship. Good. I love that. The, 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 I quit my macrame experience because I wasn't enjoying it. Ooh, tell me more. How'd you know you weren't enjoying it? I knew I wasn't enjoying it because it was so tedious. Yeah. And it didn't calm me like the the goal, I guess. OK, ready? 
the goal that I set out to accomplish of like, I want to do something with my hands to like, you know, almost ease my mind that sometimes when I'm doing things with my hands, it helps distract me or helps calm me in a way that wasn't happening. So the goal that I set out to accomplish in doing macrame wasn't being, wasn't being realized. So I put it down and I'm very comfortable quitting like books. If I'm reading a book, I don't like it. It's going away. I'm not finishing that book. Like I only know that though, from experiences, Mm -hmm. knowing what it feels like to be soothed by something knowing what it feels like to read a book that I am really into, that I am engaged with, that feels like it's worth my time. And that doesn't mean if I start a book and I'm like, oh, I'm really engaged with this, that there aren't parts that bore me or there aren't parts that um, I'm like, uh, you know, like I wish this would go a little faster. Right. So like I'm trying to relate it to like the job experience or the relationship that like there will be parts in your job, parts in your relationship where aren't so thrilling for you, right? Like aren't giving you the same consistent feeling over and over and over again, just because that's life. But the question is like how, I guess, how often is that happening in comparison to what it's giving to you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So like macrame for me was not giving me the soothing that I needed it to give me. I love what you're talking about because we've talked about this concept before about uh, scripting. We've talked about in terms of sexual scripting and parenting scripting, right? What is the point of something? And so if I'm trying yes. to say like how to get in touch with what I really want, what am I doing it for? Because if yeah. I have a job just for the money and it's giving me money, success, right? Yeah. If I'm in a job because it sets my soul on fire and it doesn't do that, not working, right? right? If I'm doing macrame to soothe me and to do something calm at night and it doesn't give me that, then this doesn't work. So, yeah. so it's about what's the, um, the point of this. Yeah. What's the goal? And I don't think we do that enough in our relationships, right? Like in our friendships and our romantic relationships, right? To really ask ourselves, what is the point of this relationship? I know that sounds, you know, it's just just not something we do, but I think it's important, right? Where the point of your relationships, maybe when you were younger, your friendships when you were younger might be very different than the point of what your relationships are now or your friendships are now. Yeah, right. Like, because if they're younger, it was like maybe like to like have fun or have a play date or like study together. Yeah. And now maybe it isn't those things, but this, oh, interesting concept. Maybe it's connection. Maybe it's right. Like, maybe you want a deeper connection. Maybe you want, you know, you want to, I don't know, like get a distraction from your, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It might be very different than what it once was and could be the reason why, you know, part of the reason why your relationships also change is that the point of them um, is different. Somebody wrote in um, on having kids, assuming it's normal to consider it partially because your parents want grandchildren. Not sure how to separate this. You sure as shucks are right that it is normal <laughs> to consider that when you sure and, shucks. and somebody else wrote in another thing about extra noise, right? Somebody else wrote in, there's so many expectations everywhere and from everyone. I don't understand how people can know what they actually want with all the extra noise. Mm. And it is, it's noise though. The yeah. thing about noise is that we can put in headphones, we can block it out, and we can be louder than that. I'm going to have you answer the grandchildren one. I'm not going to answer it. Okay. So I don't know how to separate this. First of all, the fact that you are asking this question means you're already separating it, right? You're already saying that 
it is partially because your parents want grandchildren. That it, Clearly, that is a space in your head because you're answering that question. And so are you going to be able to be a robot and completely separate those two? Probably not, especially if your relationship with your parents has always been surrounded by the weight of their expectations. Mm-hmm. And so... I think something to ask yourself, right, this is a pattern or it's a theme in your life. When you have done something based on what your parents wanted or what your parents wanted for you, how did that turn out? Is it something that you liked? Is it something you aligned with? Did it feel good for you? Because if this is a consistent pattern in your relationship with your parents, then I would guess that it's something that has come up over time. The difference is having children is a huge decision that will completely change your life way more than it's going to change your parents' life. <laughs> because if something, when we ha- make decisions, we have to think about like, what if something happens to those people tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like it's easy for someone to say to you, you should have grandchildren, right? Of course, you're going to bring the grandchildren over. They're going to get to hang out with them. They get all the fun pieces of being a grandparent. But when you make decisions based on other people's wants, expectations, you're making a decision that is right for someone else's life, right? It's not right for your life. Or it is right for your life. But the important thing is to differentiate The fact that you will always have people who are going to push their decisions on you. Sometimes the hardest ones to process are when they're the people who are closest to you. But I think what's important to consider is how is this going to alter my life? How is this going to change things for me? Because that's what matters is that it is your life and it's not theirs. It will affect their life, but it isn't going to change it as drastically as it will change yours. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's going to drastically change yours. So yeah, think. Yeah. <laughs> I have this conversation with my parents all the time. Mostly my dad. Well, now your brother's so, going to have a child. Exactly. But yeah, but I thank mean, goodness. my brother. Thank goodness. <laughs> right. But um, especially but yeah. if you're, if you don't have a sibling, right? Like yeah, the hard thing I think, is, I mean, I know tons of people these days that are just not having kids and neither of their right. siblings. And in right. some ways, I think to their parents' generation, that feels like a betrayal because it really yeah. just wasn't even an option for them. Yeah. So you yes. have to remember that, like, let's also give some empathy for those parents in that, in that uh, previous generation they didn't have the choices the same way we're talking about. It didn't feel at least like there was choices the way we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's also an aspect to this of, you know, if you make the decision to not have children or to, or it, whether it's children or anything to go against what your parents want or something that will affect your parents' li- lives, that you are also making the decision you know, a decision that will affect them in a way that they might be, they might have to grieve an idea of, you know, what they thought their lives would be with grandchildren. And so it's, that's hard. It is hard to make a decision that is going to affect other people. However, it's so essential that you put your wants first, because this is something that will more so affect you and your life than it will someone else's. All right, we have time for like nothing. We actually only have time for Dear Emma and Jen. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, great. I just looked, I was like, actually, You're no. like nothing. Okay. We got nothing. Okay, Dear Emma and Jen. 
I'm in a newish relationship and find myself placing a big emphasis on what friends and close family members think of him, searching for their approval and validation. Do you think this is a sign that he's not for me or more of a sign that I'm not in touch with myself and what I want and if so, how to get to that place? Yeah, I, I, we cannot speak to if he's not for you. My guess would be that validation and approval is just really important for you on most aspects in life. And I'm also wondering if was there a relationship in the past that you felt disconnected from friends and family about? So for now, it's really, really important that they all get along really well and everyone approves. So here's what I'm going to say to you. Get to that place by saying to yourself, if all of them said no, what would that mean for me, right? Like, like is it, why is this so important for me? What would happen? What's my fear? What's the shame? What's the embarrassment? What's the concern? And what's the joy that comes from having or not having these things? And what would those all mean to you? It's a very therapist answer. Sorry. No, no, it was so beautiful. It was like exactly along the lines of like what I was thinking is that is this a pattern, right? Like, is this something if you're someone who never asks for validation in anything and all of a sudden you're with this person and you're I would say, what's the reason why all of a sudden you're needing this validation? But I think it's important to ask about what's happened in the past. You know, why do your friends and family, why does the weight of their opinions matter so much in your decisions in your relationship? Does that come from past experiences or is it new? That's usually a question we ask, you know, in therapy. Is this something that is new for you or is this something that is has happened throughout your life in different relationships? So that's mm-hmm. something I would encourage you to ask yourself. And that's it for our episode today. So we hope that at the end of this episode, you found that what you really want is to continue listening to Shrink Chicks. Um, wow. And if you found out it wasn't, then uh, bon voyage and we will miss you kindly. But if you did enjoy today's episode, we always ask you to send on over to a friend. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube. You can follow us at Shrink Chicks on Instagram. And if you are looking to be matched with a clinician to keep doing all this amazing work you're already doing by listening, we would love to help you if you are located in the states of Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Florida, California, in person in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Westchester, Pennsylvania. We absolutely love you. We cannot appreciate enough for listening. We hope you have the best day ever today. And as always, Jen to grow yourself. You got to know yourself. We'll see y'all next time. 